Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one risky page of Talmud every day. Because today's page, Nazir 64, I think it's all about managing risk. And I say I think because, well, you know what? As Talmud page goes, this one is a little bit wacky. Have a listen. With regard to this halakha of a floating impurity, Rami Barhama raises a dilemma. If there is a corpse in a vessel and the vessel is floating in water and one did not overlie it but might have touched it, what is the halacha? Do we go according to the floating vessel or do we go according to the corpse, which is resting on a solid surface? And the page goes on and on and on to describe all kinds of scenarios, some <laughs> involving creepy crawlies, in which different substances, different surfaces, different things that contract impurity in different ways are basically just floating in space. And you run various risks of touching or not touching them, which when I read it, because every word in the Talmud is relevant and every word is true and every word is here to teach us some lesson, I took really to be a beautiful, if a bit quirky meditation on really this notion that we live in an uncertain environment and that circumstances and conditions change all the time and that one of the most important skill sets we could develop is basically the ability to look at these minute details and learn how to assess risk. And so as risk assessment, sadly, has been very much in the news lately with uh, the collapse of, of several banks and is a big feature of our internet-based economy, I thought I would call none other than my very dear friend, the startup rabbi himself, Gabi Weinberg. Welcome back to the show. Miguel, it's always good to get a Daf Yomi in with you at this point in the week, so it's, it's great to hear your voice. Baruch Hashem, now tell me, uh, am I completely crazy for reading this passage about corpses floating on water on top of a solid surface and immediately think about Silicon Valley Bank collapsing and how the internet economy manages risk? Well, I feel like floating risk is, I believe, a phrase out of the market, too. So <laughs> what the float is, so I feel that you've uh, at least literarily found the Gzerat Shavah, two words that are the same. Uh, at the very, very least. And I think all the more so in the world of risk and tuma and impurity has come up in this uh, tractate relatively frequently in Nazir because that's one of the prohibitions, right? And Nazir can't be exposed to a corpse. And so we're always worried, is this considered corpse enough or is this exposure enough to risk? Uh, and obviously the risk here is blowing your 30-day period at least of abstention from being, you know, not drinking wine and not going to a cemetery and so on and so forth. So I think that that's kind of like inherently baked into what you're talking about, which I, I really appreciate. So it's a, it's, a good, it's a good starting point. I guess one added layer to this risk question is good risk and bad risk, right? There's a difference in those two, in those two things. You can't just assume that all risk is good or all risk is bad. That's one of the biggest challenges of, and I literally am sitting across the street from First Republic Bank, uh, in the city right now, looking at the banks, they have a responsibility first to their their depositors, right, who put in money and assume there will be money available. At the same time, banks are the engine of an economy. And banks taking calculated risks is what has so many millions of Americans owning homes, what has so many millions of Americans able to generate more wealth for themselves and for their families afterwards. So I think that understanding this Gemara 
with the lens of risk as your as a, the underbelly of it, I think is is very it's compelling and exciting to think of how are we assessing these literally floating vessels, floating we'll call it uh, caskets. Uh, how does that how does that work and how does that apply? And so, give us uh, well, give us the whole secret to assessing risk in the Talmud and in the marketplace. Now, give us a little signpost, a little guide, a little kind of piece of solid land to stand on amid all this floating risk. Uh, so if we were to follow the rabbi's example in today's page and sort of extrapolate from there to, to our time into very, very different realms like the stock market uh, or investment, etc., what are one or two principles that we could take and apply in the world? Is it just, hey, pay very close attention to the details as this page asks us to do? So I would say there are two things, and maybe a metaphor from a different piece of the Talmud that also talks about risk in the same world, I think is, is relevant, and I'll try to summarize it briefly. But there's a case when you have two roads, right? One which has some sort of impurity on it, and the other has no impurity on it. But two people walk down the road, and they come to a, a rabbi, some scholar, and they say, are we tame? Are we impure? We don't know which one of us walked on the road that had the impurity, right? So this is kind of a, it's a classic case that comes up time and time again in this, in this tractate because it's really relevant to the same question that you're talking about. And the way that we assess risk there is that if they come at the same time, then they're both tame, they're both impure. If they ask the question separately, since it's a, it's a suffake, it's a doubt of impurity, they're actually both considered pure, even though they ask the same question and the same set of facts applied. And so I think that the land to stand on as we are on this island of caskets carrying corpses in a, a river of some sort, I think that the real you know, takeaway in, in my head, and again, I'm not a financial advisor or a stock picker, but as, a, as someone thinking about assessing risk, is a certain amount of being able to commit to a, a rule, to some sort of principle. And if you don't work with, even if you have the details, not having some sort of underlying principle or, to flip the metaphor, overarching principle that informs the way you make decisions, your risks are untethered. They're not anchored to anything that's more, more substantive. And so what the job of us Yomi learners or listeners or anywhere in between is to think through what are the principles that inform my take and my approach to a certain problem, to a certain set of, set of rules. And then once you take the risk, you jump, but at least you're tied to something when you make that leap. Oh, Hashem, Rabbi Gabi Weinberg, the startup rabbi himself. Thank you so much for being our guest. Thank you, Liel. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, please go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And get your Take One merch, t-shirts, mugs, and other great stuff at tabletstudios.com. Each week, we will be releasing new episodes Monday through Friday, covering the entire weekly portion of Daf Yomi. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Roske, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Tanya Singer, Courtney Hazlett, Robert Scarmucha, and Mark Oppenheimer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. You could find us on Twitter at takeone.fiomi or join our Facebook group by searching for Take One Podcast. 
I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. Thank you.